Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and what an exciting time of the year it is. We're back for March Madness, as we do each and every year. We host a March Madness Against the Spread podcast. We follow it up with the Sweet 16 podcast next week. And with that, I want to welcome in our co-host, Victor King from King Creole Sports. Victor, I've got to say it's nice to have the NCAA March Madness tournament back like it used to be. It sure is, Mark. When last we spoke, we were talking NFL and college football, and uh, we're back in March. And what do you know, we're actually playing NCAA tournament games at regional sites. You know, the 2020 Big Dance was canceled because of the pandemic. Uh, Last year's uh, COVID lace tournament took place entirely in the state of Indiana. They didn't allow a heck of a lot of fans into the stands as well. We're feeling like we're back to normal here in 2022, and it is a wonderful, warm feeling for basketball fans and for basketball betters. And I'm I'm super glad that we have gotten to the place where we are right now. Yeah, it's nice, Victor. In fact, uh, you know, just to wrap it all up, it'll be nice to be able to watch the games without having to wear a mask. And I think that kind of is a celebration for not only the tournament, but where the country is getting to as well as we put this pandemic behind us, hopefully, knock on wood, and we can start enjoying things, especially this March Madness basketball tournament. And as we do that, Victor, uh, we want to say this about in this year's March Madness Tournament Guide, uh, which we think it's one of the best March Madness Tournament Guides we put out. We're prejudiced, obviously. Victor put a lot of hours into it. Yours truly, Charles, who puts our, our all of our everything together from a graphic standpoint. And we worked many, many hours to get this newsletter together this year, our guide. And i got to ask you, Victor, here. In the guide, okay, what are your favorite sections within the March Madness Tournament Guide? Which are your go-to pages that you open up to first and foremost? Well, I'm biased. I like every single page of the 18-page publications. Probably the best $20 you're going to spend in regards to uh, the tournament as well. But a chart that uh, I was working on that I really, really enjoy on page two is our Let the Games Begin chart. It's a uh, quick glance, one-page chart where you can take a look at all Division One teams in the NCAA tournament. They're straight up their ATS records. But most important, they're straight up in ATS records against fellow tournament teams, which can be very, very interesting. As an example, a lot of people would be surprised to know that the top teams from an ATS perspective against fellow tournament teams this season, Arkansas Razorbacks, 6-1-1 one, and one against the spread. The Texas Tech Red Raiders from the Big 12 Conference, 11-4 and four against the spread. And the surprising Rutgers team from the Big 10 actually went 9-5 and five against the spread against fellow tournament teams. I won't let the cat out of the bag in terms of teams that performed poorly. But another chart that I really like is on page 3 of our March Madness newsletter. 
It's the eight elite elements chart that Mark put together a good, what, 15, 16 years ago, where 18 of the last 19 NCAA champions have possessed each of these eight different attributes. There are one, two, three, four, looks like seven teams that qualify in this elite element chart. Again, we won't reveal the teams to you. You're going to want to grab a copy of your own. But it is a, a dynamic chart if you are potentially looking for a team to win it all. And, of course, we have a great chart on page six of the newsletter. Current offensive and defensive team stats for every single team in the tournament. How many returning starters they have. Offensive points per game. Defensive points per game. All the stats that you need when handicapping the games at a glance right in front of you. For me, again, Mark, I enjoy every aspect of the newsletter, but those are definitely the top three areas that I enjoy the most. What about yourself? Well, I have to say, Victor, I like every one of those pages that you mentioned here. Those are must-go pages for me as well. In addition, I would have to throw in on page three of this year's tournament guide, we feature the top 25 teams according to national rating systems. And for people that like to put power ratings together and understand how these lines were made, these are the list of the top 25 teams according to Ken Palm and his rankings. The NCAA net, and they use, that's the big guide they use, the NCAA net, in determining how teams play in quadrants against fellow classes of basketball teams. The top 25 teams are listed there. The top 25 Jeff Sager in basketball ratings, in addition to the old former RPI rankings. We still list the former RPI rankings because we want to keep a, a pulse on exactly who those teams happen to be this year. Also on that page, you'll find our NCAA tournament super coaches. These are the 16 best coaches in the NCAA tournament. Their lifetime record in the tournament, broken down overall and round by round and i can't look past what victor puts together our round by round tournament histories uh, pages four and five you can look at a glance and see exactly in the ncaa tournament the best situations for seeds teams dogs favorites conferences round by round any round of the tournament is there available at a quick glance all the way through the championship notes uh, you'll note that as well then we brought back the kenny White power rankings, which we introduced into the Playbook Football Newsletter, those were met with real positive uh, response by our readers for a football newsletter. They appear in this year's NCAA Tournament Guide for the basketball teams as well. I've got to say, Victor, that along with the analysis uh, of the games here, we put a lot of time and effort in putting the analysis together and doing these write-ups here. And let me throw this one little quick note out at you, Victor. You mentioned Rutgers and how how they uh, were surprisingly good against the spread against fellow tournament teams. Just a little sidebar note here. When I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, I had the, I was very fortunate. I was able to have floor seats for the Cleveland Cavaliers and they were right at the free throw line and watching the Cleveland Cavaliers in their heyday, the good teams with Brad Doherty and Mark Price, Ron Harper, all those players. Well, where I sat right behind me sat Ron Harper's wife, Ron Harper, the basketball player's wife. And she looked like she might have been 16 or 17 years old. She's probably older, but she looked just like a young girl. And I'll never forget the days she brought Ron Harper Jr. to the basketball game when he was like six weeks old. And there was one time when we were sitting at the games here, and she was nervous. She didn't really – she was scared to death about being a mother. And Ron Harper Jr., who – 
is the star at Rutgers right now. That's the reason I'm talking about the story here. He was pitching a hissy fit, and she didn't know what to do. And my wife, Colleen, just reached over backwards and helped her feed the baby with the bottle and changed his diaper. So that's Ron Harper Jr. from Rutgers we're talking about. So I'll keep a special eye on Ron Harper Jr. in the tournament and see how he fares if they can make it into the tournament here and remember those days, those good old days with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm visiting with Victor King from King Creole Sports. We're going over how we handicap the March Madness tournament games here. And Victor, there's always a story about top Cinderella teams here, and uh, they all come out of anywhere. Mid-major teams are noted, and that's what this tournament's all about, these surprising upset wins. Which would you make, Victor, your top Cinderella teams out of this year's mix of the March Madness teams? Mark, for me, the formula for determining a Cinderella team is taking a look at a team that's going to be an underdog for their first two games, of the opening weekend, who could potentially pull off not one, but two underdog wins, making it to the Sweet 16. And the two teams that I am looking at are, first off, the Vermont Catamounts, and then finally the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Vermont is a team right now where you can get somewhere around uh, 15 to 1 odds on them making the Sweet 16 and, of course, if you know what they did in the American East Conference, they rolled three blowout wins, 98-59, to 74-42, 82-43. The first team in over 30 seasons to win three straight league tournament games by 30 or more points, the largest by any team in one year over the last 40 seasons. They're 110-plus point differential that's the vermont catamounts dating back to december 10th they've gone 22 and 1 straight up their only loss by one point and they even you know kept things pretty close against then number 11 providence back in december overall the team is clicking they're hitting on all cylinders and it looks like uh, their path to a potential sweet 16 appearance would have them defeating Arkansas in the opening round and then either the Connecticut-New Mexico State winner in the second round. And then next up, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. you got to love that nickname. You can get currently around 8-1 to one odds on South Dakota State to reach the Sweet 16 as well. And if you're, you know, if you're watching a team that likes to score, you're going to be loving the, the, the Jackrabbits. Uh blistering team from three-point range they averaged 85.5 points per game on the season that was second amongst all division one schools on the year and like some of the other teams uh, particularly the one i just mentioned they've been on quite the heater as well the jackrabbits they're having won 21 consecutive games dating back to the middle of december it's the longest current active winning streak in d1 and in case you're skeptical about whether or not they could potentially hang with the better conferences, they did put up 88 points in a loss to then number 14 Alabama back in their second game of the season way back in November. They may not be a popular early round pick, but don't be surprised if they make a run at the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. Well, Victor, my top Cinderella teams, I have on my list 
two of three of my three teams match yours, South Dakota State and Vermont. For all the reasons you mentioned, these are two potential powerhouse basketball teams that can make a lot of noise. And if I had to put a third team in there, it would be Murray State, the Racers, who have won 30 games this year, 20 straight wins in a row. That's the same basketball team that John Morant from the Atlanta Hawks played on and made a lot of noise in the tournament with before. But I'm gonna I'm gonna offer up something here, Victor. You mentioned about making the Sweet 16 with these top Cinderella teams. And I'm going to throw Richmond into this picture here as well. And this is the reason why. you got a five returning starter team in Richmond who is very deep with experience. These guys have a ton of super seniors in the team. They're playing their best basketball of the season right now. And if you take a look at the brackets, if Richmond wins their first NCAA tournament round game and we're able to upset Iowa, and if South Dakota State takes out Providence, Richmond and South Dakota State will meet over the weekend with the winner of that game guaranteeing a spot in the Sweet 16. So if you want to put a project either Richmond or South Dakota State into the Sweet 16 with these two basketball teams, you've got an excellent chance to get one of them there provided the chips fall their way on opening round of this NCAA basketball tournament. So put them down for me, South Dakota State, Richmond, Vermont, and a mention of the Murray State Racers. Victor, I know uh, before we move on here, before we get to our final four and our picks to win everything, your over-under preview of what you see happening here from the NCAA tournament from an over-under perspective. We'll make it fairly quick here, but when betting totals in the tournament, you want to check out pace stats. Use that as your starting point. And you can just, you know, head into Google and check out, you know, college basketball pace stats. And that'll get you to some of the websites that do indeed have that information. It's a great place to start. Uh, As an example, the eight teams in the NCAA tournament who are ranked in the top 50 in offensive pace are teams that we want to consider going over. And we'll take a uh, a, a more in-depth look at the their game and their opponents. What the top eight teams are that are ranked in the top 50 in offensive pace, Alabama, Gonzaga, Bryant, Auburn, Arizona, Arkansas, that's a lot of A teams, Marquette, and then finally Memphis. Meanwhile, the eight teams in the NCAA tournament who are ranked in the bottom 40 in pace, teams that we want to potentially look at as possible under candidates, are Akron, Virginia Tech, Villanova, Texas, Boise State, St. Mary's of Cal, Davidson, and finally Colorado State. The top four over teams for the entire season. Uh, That was a tie. Alabama and UAB led the way. 21 overs, 10 unders for both of these teams this season. They're one of four teams who went over the total in 65% or more of their games this season. Also included in that mix, we take a look at Iowa with their great offense, went 23-12 and over under, and finally our Hurricanes down here in Miami, Florida, went 20-12 and over under. And meanwhile, the five top-rated under teams for the season, Georgia State 8-17 and over under, Colorado State 10-19, and Creighton 12 and 20, San Diego State 12 and 19, and finally Gonzaga with a very good defense, 12 and 17 over under. So in terms of what we want to do, use pace stats as your starting point. 
Of course, the highest over-under line games in round one. There's two games with over-under lines over 150 points. That's the Richmond-Iowa game, where we just talked about Iowa, and also Marquette and North Carolina. The only two games in the opening round that have current over-under lines of over 150 points. And finally, the two games with the lowest over-under line. And we're talking somewhere in the area of less than 125 points. Creighton and San Diego State, the over-under line in that game is around 119 and a half. And then Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech versus Texas, the second lowest over-under line, right around 122 to 123 as we speak. And there you have it, Mark, a couple of tips when handicapping over-unders in the March Madness Tournament. Victor's take on the over-under for the March Madness Tournament here. You'll be able to replay that and mark that all down if you weren't able to get it and write it down. Good tips from Victor, as always. And, Victor, before we wrap it up with our final four and picks to win it here, if you would, I'll, I'll share mine, you share yours. Your favorite betting tip in the NCAA basketball tournament for our listeners. I don't have necessarily a favorite tip, Mark, but I, just a couple of thoughts out there. Don't be afraid of going contrarian. The premise is pretty simple. More often than not, the public loses. And as a result, you want to bet against the crowd and with the house. Uh, if you head into a bar and you see everybody rooting on one team, you probably want to be holding a ticket on Team B instead. So don't be afraid of going contrarian. Uh, also, I would suggest uh, lean on your ratings. The fact that in our newsletter, at a glance, you can see four different sets of ratings, including the Ken Pomora ratings, which mean a lot to a lot of sharp betters. Don't, don't be afraid to lean on those power ratings. And finally, when I am betting a side play, Mark, I would suggest this. Consider betting short favorites on the money line rather than laying the points. If you like a short favorite, a team that's laying, you know, less than four points, think about backing them on the money line instead of laying the points. And I say that because these games can be incredibly tight and competitive. Upsets are prevalent. So our backdoor covers. Yeah, you might have to pay a little higher juice, but it will provide you security and peace of mind knowing that you just need to win the game. So consider a money line short favorite as well. Well, in regards to money lines, Victor, here, one of my betting tips that uh, I would recommend is if you do find what you feel is a live dog and you're going to be stepping out on that live dog, you're doing so probably because you feel he can win the game. That being the case, make sure you back up your bet to that money line team or that team with a money line bet. It can be half of what you would bet to the spread, but make sure you mix in money lines with your team. That way you can opportune yourself to score, make a major score on teams, especially when you make the right call. One other quick note here, a betting tip that I like to use. This is a grinder angle. And when I say a grinder angle, it's a grinder because uh, these teams just grind out money in the NCAA tournament. And what they are is what I call double champions. A double champion in the NCAA tournament is simply a dog who won both his regular season and his conference tournament. Two-time champion, regular and conference tournament. When they dog up in the NCAA tournament to a team that did not win either of those two aspects, a regular season or 
a postseason, they are non-champions. So you take a double champion dog to a non-champion, you've got yourself a nice winning situation because these champions, they all they know is how to win. They're coming in here with a chip on their shoulder as a dog to a, a mid-rung type basketball team. Mark this down, guys. There are five of them in this opening round that you might want to take a close look at. Those five teams would be Boise State, Montana State, Murray State, New Mexico State, and Vermont, the aforementioned catamounts we talked about earlier there. Boise State, Montana State, Murray State, New Mexico State, and Vermont for their double champion dogs, the non-champions. Take a look at those basketball teams. With that, Victor, our final four. How do you see the final four shaping up? Which four teams do you put on your bracket to make the final four and win the tournament? Mark, my final four is slightly different than yours. I have not come up with an actual champion as of yet, but I do have some upsets forthcoming, I believe. I've got Kansas playing Arizona in one bracket of the final four, and then a couple of uh, underdogs who have defeated big-time number one seeds, Texas Tech against UCLA in the other final four matchup. Uh, Also, the teams that I've wagered on, to win it all there's only been three of them and again i'm doing it because i believe there's value in all three cases number one i've got ucla to win it all and you can get anywhere from oh 20 to 1 to about 22 to 1 odds on ucla a team that went 25 and 7 uh, on the season to win it all i also have some underdog money on ucla to reach the final four at four to one odds Another team that I did bet to win it all, I liked the way that they uh, concluded their SEC season, and that was the Auburn Tigers at 27-5, and five, also a very good ATS team as well. You can find anywhere from about 14 to 15 to 1 odds on Auburn to win it all. And then finally, the third team that I bet to win it all was the Arizona Wildcats. And you got to compare their numbers to another number one seed, like Gonzaga, who is currently at, what, plus 300, oh, maybe plus 330. Those are Gonzaga's odds to win it all, and there's no value there whatsoever. But Arizona's odds, as a fellow number one seed, are almost double that. They're right around uh, six to one odds. There's even a couple of plus 650 for Arizona as well. It provides almost twice the return that a Gonzaga bet it all bet would, futures bet would. And if Wildcats coach Tommy Lloyd faces his former employer, it actually would be in the championship game. I think that Wildcats have the size and the athleticism to beat any team in the country, including the Zags. Also, I think that their bracket is the best path to the Final Four compared with the other three regions. So those are my final four teams and also the three teams that I indeed wagered on to win it all. Mark, what do you got for us? Well, my final four teams, Victor, are this. I agree with you with Arizona. I think they make the final four from the south, and I think they'll take on Kansas out of the Midwest. Over in the east, I'm riding with UCLA. I think this basketball team is for real. One of the reasons I like UCLA is because this basketball team was the preseason number two team in the year after their outstanding run in the NCAA tournament last year when they made it to the Final Four. 
and expected to be number two. They didn't play up to that level this year, but the reason they didn't play up to that level this year is no team was uh, was beset with injuries more than UCLA was this year. Only two players played together the entire 32-game set for UCLA this year. Only two played together. Now you take a look at this team. Mick Cronin, as he mentioned here, we're as healthy as we've been all season long. I think UCLA is a major threat to make it to the championship game. I've got them coming out of the East. And my guy out of the West is going to be the Duke Blue Devils. And a little bit of a uh, maybe a percentage play here to the Duke Blue Devils. But go back just three weeks ago, Duke was head and shoulders the best team in the ACC. Then... All the talk about Mike Krzyzewski, his final swan song, his year being what it was, the final home game for Duke when every star from Hollywood, the movies, the athletes were all at Cameron Indoor Arena. The cost for a ticket at that game against North Carolina was said to be more than a Super Bowl ticket. And they laid the biggest egg that they could possibly lay when they were when they were blown up by North Carolina in that game. So now Duke enters into the ACC tournament, and what do they do? They lay another egg, and in Mike Shashevsky's final ACC tournament, I don't believe this team will take the hat trick. I think they're going to dig down deep and play for the coach here. They've got the talent. I've got Duke winning the West. In fact, I've got Duke taking Gonzaga out in that game to get to the final four. The meeting here in the championship game, I've got Duke and Kansas. And I've got Kansas winning it all. Kansas is a value play of the four number one seeds. They're the longest price. Uh, you can get them uh, plus a thousand. Uh, at Gonzaga's plus three thirty. Kentucky plus five fifty. Arizona plus six hundred. And Kansas plus a thousand. I like uh, Bill Self and what he's done here. And here's a great Bill Self stat. Uh, if you take a look at Bill Self in this NCAA basketball tournament, in games in which he's favored by two or more points, the Jayhawks are 26-3 and in those basketball games. He's not likely to get upset, and he'll likely be favored in every game he plays. I'll make Kansas climb the ladder and cut down the nets in this year's basketball tournament. That's our opening preview, or review, if you will, uh, about the NCAA basketball tournament here. Don't go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to preview two opening round games, a Thursday game and a Friday game, and we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Welcome back, everybody. Victor King, yours truly, Mark Lawrence, going against the spread in the March Madness Tournament. Let's preview two games in the opening round, one on Thursday, one on Friday. Our first preview game on Thursday takes place when San Diego State plays Creighton in what should be a heck of a basketball game between the Blue Jays and the Aztecs. Victor, how do you see this one shaking out? You know, the irony is that the two games that we decided on have the two lowest over-under lines of the entire uh, opening two days of the tournament. Including this one, Creighton and San Diego State open at 120. It's down to around 119 and a half. It's a matchup of two of the NCAA's best under teams. That explains the low over-under line. Is this the case of the first team to 50 points wins? Who knows? Uh, Creighton held 11 opponents under 60 points this season. San Diego State held 20 opponents 
to less than 60 points this season. They're a, they're a Big East team that kind of got lost on the West Coast. They're big, they're strong, they're physical. 12-19 and 19 over under in the season. San Diego State number two overall defense in the Ken Palm rankings, allowing only 57 points per game. They went 0-5 to the under on their neutral sites this year, including a perfect 0-3, that's zero overs, three unders. In the Mountain West Tournament, average margin minus 11.2 points per game. San Diego State, 0-5 under, last five as favorites. 6-20 to the under over the last five seasons on neutral sites. Creighton falls right in line. The Jays, number 17 in the Kempom defensive rankings. They went 11-21-1 over-under on the season. They even closed the season on a 1-5 over-under run. That's one over five unders to conclude the season. They went 70% under the total in their non-conference games this year. This is a no-brainer. You don't have to watch it on TV, Mark. I don't. When I bet a college basketball game under 120, we don't watch it on TV. It's too nerve-wracking as it is. But as it is, we'll be going under Creighton-San Diego State. It's a Thursday, 7.30 Eastern tip-off, Dickey's Arena, and we're going under the 119-and-a-half. A snore fest in the Creighton-San Diego State game. Victor goes under the total in this contest for his side in the game. Taking a look at Creighton coming into the contest, this basketball team was rolling. They were 19-8 and eight on the season when they lost their starting point guard, Ryan Nemhart. They went 3-3 three and three since he's been out, and he'll be out. He's done for the year. That's not a good omen for them coming into this particular contest here. Outside the conference, Creighton just 3-8 and eight to the spread in non-conference games. But more importantly, in their last 15 NCAA tournament games, Creighton is just 2-12-1 to the spread. On the flip side, the Aztecs from San Diego State come in, as Victor mentioned, with that staunch defense here, number four in the country with that defensive field goal percentage, and I love those stats. Defensive field goal percentage is what wins games in this NCAA tournament. They've cashed four of their last six games inside this tournament. Their head coach, Brian Dutcher, he's a longtime money winner. With this program, he's 84-62-4 to the spread. Those are real nice numbers including 14-3 and three when his team is coming off a straight-up favorite loss as they are entering this game. The clincher here for me is this from our database, is the fact that teams in this tournament that have a 666 or better percentage who lost straight up as a favorite in their conference championship game in opening round games of this tournament, they are 19-3 and three against the spread when favored by eight or fewer points. That's the role for San Diego State, my side, in this showdown game on Thursday. With that, Victor, let's move over to Friday for our featured game here. We've got a pretty nice matchup here between Virginia Tech, the ACC champions, taking on the Texas Longhorns. What do you see happening in this basketball game on Friday, Victor? Many of the same aspects in this game that apply to the first game that we talked about, Creighton versus San Diego State. Uh, before I get into uh, our stats in regards to this game, Mark, We'll let you know that at the playbooksports.com website, we already have three Thursday totals plays. It's our totals triple play for the NCAA tournament already up at the website. You want to check it out. Not to mention the fact that this is a great time of the year for the value in pro basketball in the NBA. Uh, To be honest, we've been smoking NBA overs here over the last four weeks. 
that week before the All-Star break and then the period after the All-Star break. We've done very, very well with our NBA overs. Got another one going on Wednesday night after hitting on Tuesday night as well. So, again, check out the action at playbooksports.com. And in this particular game, opposite paths to round one of the NCAA tournament for Virginia Tech and Texas, of course. Virginia Tech, you talked about a little bit earlier. They pulled off that 4-0 straight up in the ACC tournament, stunning a couple of teams, 7-1 and to finish the season. Meanwhile, Texas, a team that actually finished the season with three straight losses, including 0-2 in the course in the Big 12 tournament. The important thing for us over-under betters is the fact that all three of those final Texas losses went under the total, despite one of those games even going into overtime. We've got two of the slowest-paced offenses in all of college basketball. Texas, number 341 in pace, and that's out of 358 teams. That's the fourth lowest offensive pace stats in the NCAA tournament. The Virginia Tech Hokies, number 344 in adjusted pace stats. That is the third lowest or third slowest in the NCAA tournament. No wonder the over-under line is as low as it is. We're somewhere around 123 to 123.5. This is for the Friday game, 4.30 Eastern tip-off. They're playing in Milwaukee. Once again, we'll be going under in this particular game as well, Mark. Virginia Tech 3-9 over-under when playing off a straight-up win. 1-6 to the under off an ATS win. Texas, historically a great under team in non-conference action and on neutral sites. They've gone 17-37 last five years, neutral site games, including 8-22 when favorite on neutral site games. Just like the Thursday game, Mark, will be going under Virginia Tech versus Texas. Meanwhile, who do you like in the game, the small favorite or the hot underdog? Well, Victor, here, that uh, that analysis about this, the adjusted pace stats in this game, this is a matchup of what looks to be two slots going after one another here, and uh, I got to agree with that. That's a right-on analysis to the under in that particular basketball game. As far as the side goes in this contest here, this is virtually a pick em type of affair here. Virginia Tech, as you mentioned, comes in off winning the ACC tournament. You rarely find an ACC tournament winner that's a number 11 seed in the NCAA basketball tournament, but they really surprised everybody here. Their head coach, Mike Young, came over from Wofford, and he's done a great job with this basketball program here. He's been in the NCAA tournament, Mike Young has, six times in the last 11 seasons, and he made the Sweet 16 with Wofford back in 2019. The negative aspect to them is those wins that they had in the ACC tournament. Four wins in four days is not a recipe for success when it comes to opening round games in the NCAA basketball tournament. Teams really struggle from a fatigue factor getting ready for this first game. Texas comes into this contest here. They've lost the money 10 straight games in a row in NCAA tournament play. Their disappointing results in NCAA tournament play and overall play led to the bringing in former Texas Tech head coach Chris Beard as their new coach this basketball season here. And with Chris Beard on the sidelines, he's got all this great postseason experience here. I look for that 0-10 slate record in the tournament to do a reversal starting this year in this basketball game. Remember, Texas was the number five team in the AP preseason poll this basketball season here. 
and I look for them, just like UCLA, to make a move inside this NCAA basketball tournament. What we've got here, in, in closing here, are two great stats going head-to-head against each other that come out of our database. Number one, on Texas, number six or better seeds in this tournament that are coming off a straight-up favorite loss are 32-19-1 to the spread. That's a real nice number for number six or better teams coming off that straight-up favorite loss. On the flip side, a fade on Virginia Tech with ACC tournament winners just 15-28-1 to the spread in game one of this NCAA tournament. I'm going to back the Texas Longhorns for my side in this contest. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas. Join our good friend Andy Isco for our Vegas vibe. Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy, we haven't talked since the football season, so it must be March Madness time right now, and it's a busy time in Vegas, I'm sure. Well, not only, Mark, is it a busy time getting ready for the uh, tournament, it's also uh, busy getting ready for the baseball season that's upcoming in a few weeks after they finally uh, resolve the differences, the owners and the players. And as a result, within the last few days and probably for the next few days, we're going to be hearing of some significant uh, uh, transactions as far as uh, uh, baseball is going. The latest one just came across a few minutes ago. Apparently, Chris Bryant is going to get a chance to hit 75 home runs or something like that. He's going to be signing with Colorado. So that's just another aspect of the sports world we've got to keep our eyes open for because that'll offer some wagering opportunities in the weeks leading up to the start of the season. But, of course, right now, virtually all of our attention is on the uh, NCAA tournament, maybe to a lesser extent on the other three college basketball tournaments. Well, Andy, this year, unlike last year, the NCAA tournament will be played at 12 different venues. Last year, everything took place in the state of Indiana, which makes it more like the NCAA tournament we've known in the past. That being the case here, Andy... Were there any interesting moves you saw either from a opening week point spread aspect or for teams betting the brackets, which seems to have advanced and win the tournament and cut down the nets? Well, the, uh, I'll answer the second one first, and that's as far as tournament odds. There are a wide variety of odds for the tournaments and the regions. Often, if someone has already made a futures bet for the uh, tournament, they may end up uh, making a little bit more to back them up by winning a region to protect some of their uh, their wager if they don't reach it to the Final Four and win the title. And, of course, the sports books differ depending upon the liability that they have. As a result, uh, they may make odds uh, shorter or longer on some of the various teams. I do know that virtually across the board, the sports books are rooting against Arizona as the Wildcats have attracted really a lot of action, especially early in the season at very long odds when we didn't know what to expect with the new coach coming in, although uh, Lloyd coming in from uh, coaching as an assistant at at Gonzaga under Mark Few certainly carried a nice uh, coaching pedigree as far as that's concerned. Of course, it's different when you go from uh, assistant coach to head coach, but I think Arizona is a big surprise. They've maintained their steady play throughout the season, so I think the books are in pretty good shape with virtually every other team, but apparently significant liability with the uh, futures market on uh, Arizona. As far as line moves since the opening numbers came out Sunday night, and 
I normally go by the Westgate, which is very representative. They were one of the first ones uh, to put lines out. There really haven't been much in the way of line moves. We may start to see it as we get a little bit closer to uh, uh, to tip-off, uh, let's say, tomorrow. For example, one of the teams that uh, is playing tonight, and I think that game is just, uh, just underway. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. This is going to be the late game tonight between Rutgers and Notre Dame. Uh, Rutgers opened as a minus one-point favorite. They went over the next couple of days to being a one-point underdog, and now today at the Westgate, for example, uh, their pick, and there are places where I'm seeing that at some places Notre Dame is one, at other places Rutgers is one, and all of this last a couple of hours or so, and I think we'll probably see any significant line moves let's say tomorrow as uh, game time approaches. Uh, now, as far as actual other line moves, as I say, there haven't been many. In fact, the one that I track uh, is an interesting one because it has caused a change in favorites, which obviously means it's a close to pick em game. And that's San Francisco in their game against Murray State. Uh, San Francisco Dons opened as a one-point favorite. Money has come in on Murray State so that at the Westgate, for example, Murray State is now a two-point favorite. So that's a three-point line move. And that's basically the largest one there is. Uh, the uh, nearly pick'em game between Seton Hall and TCU. Uh, Seton Hall opened a one and a half point favorite, dropped a pick. Now, uh, now uh, uh, TCU is a one point favorite. Uh, other than that, uh, I show only three moves of a point or uh, or well of, of a point and a half. One other interesting game that moved the point is 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 uh, one that uh, I'll touch upon in a moment. Gonzaga opened a hefty 24-and-a-half-point favorite in their opening contest. They're down to uh, 23. Auburn opened a 17-point favorite over Jacksonville State, and they have dropped down to a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. And Loyola, Chicago, this one may surprise a lot of the general public, but for us who follow college basketball, well, it's not really a surprise. Loyola Chicago opened as a one-and-a-half-point uh, favorite in their game against Ohio State. And to no surprise, the Sharps came in and uh, – uh, I'm sorry, the general public, I believe, has come in and bet Ohio State. That game is now uh, a pick em. There is one interesting game that's drawn a lot of attention, and that's the game between Arkansas and Vermont. Arkansas, number four seed. Vermont, a number 13 seed. That line has only moved the point from Arkansas minus six to Arkansas. Arkansas minus five, and there has been a lot of talk that Vermont is the kind of team that can defeat Arkansas. If you recall last year, Arkansas opened up uh, its tournament against a somewhat similar level conference when they faced Colgate out of the Patriot League, uh, and they struggled against uh, Colgate. In fact, I think they were behind either late first half or early second half before Arkansas ended up uh, Winning, I think it was by double digits and covering, I think, about an eight or nine point spread. Uh, Vermont from the America East, they dominated that conference. They went undefeated in conference play and, of course, won their conference tournament. So there's been a lot of uh, talk about Vermont. Uh, but Vermont's record, uh, one in five straight up in the opening round. They're usually uh, very lowly seeded. In fact, they've been a 16 seed at times. Uh, three and three against the point spread. And the last two times they were in the tournament in 2017 and 2019, uh, they were also a number 13 seed lost the game outright to a number four seed, went one and one uh, against the points, and the two losses were by a, a, a 10 and by a seven points. So this seems to be the kind of game where maybe that opening number of Arkansas minus six might have been justified, but I can certainly understand a lot of support for Vermont because this is a team that has a nice pedigree going back about uh, uh, 10 years as uh, far of an entrant into the uh, tournament or certainly even into the other postseason tournaments. This has been a very successful successful small conference uh, team. 
We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, getting the view, the Vegas vibe of what's going on for the opening week of the March Madness Basketball Tournament. And Andy, before I let you go, I know our listeners would like to know what you've got on tap for your complimentary play on the opening round games in the NCAA Tournament. Yeah, this is a much more attractive uh, opening round set of matchups than last year. Added of, just on the matchups themselves, but of course added to it is the fact that they will be playing at the different venues and most importantly in, far, in front of uh, fans. And the other thing that makes these opening round matchups is there are so many games priced three or less, meaning uh, for the most part, you pick the winner, you're going to cover the spread. So I tend to like a lot of underdogs, especially the big underdogs. And I'm going to go one of those games that I saw a line move and I agree with the line move, and that's the game between Auburn and uh, Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State's a nice little team. Uh, that line opened to Auburn, minus 17, it's now down to minus 15 and a half. Jacksonville State's a nice little team, and they're interesting because they are in as a regular season uh, champion after being uh, uh, after the uh, number one seed uh, got uh, got upset uh, with uh, uh, Bellarmine uh, winning the tournament but not being eligible. So uh, as a result, the conference selected the uh, uh, regular season champion Jacksonville State to uh, represent the conference. Interesting enough, Jacksonville State got eliminated by the uh, University of uh, Jacksonville Dolphins. Now, most people probably think, oh, Jacksonville State, they're probably in the state of Florida, right near Jacksonville. Well, they would be wrong. Jacksonville State is located in Alabama. And that's another little interesting side point to why I, I like this game. Jacksonville State is often comprised of teams of this nature, teams, players that couldn't make it to Auburn or Alabama, the bigger programs in the state. So there may be a bit of a chip of the shoulder on Jacksonville State basically going out there on the court and saying, hey, so you didn't think we're good enough to uh, play for your team, saying it to Auburn or to uh, Alabama. And this is a nice team. They rebound well. They score well. Uh, and they've uh, played consistently well throughout the season. I think this line is a, a few points too high. And then when I consider the fact that Auburn's best part of the basketball season was really the first half of the season, they did not look nearly as sharp down the stretch as they did say in November, December in the early part of conference play. So I don't expect uh, Auburn to be upset in this game, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville is competitive uh, for a good part of the game. Maybe they fall behind early and maybe at the first or second time out they regroup and they make it a competitive game at the half and uh, then ultimately Auburn is able to separate themselves but I'm not sure that they're able to uh, separate themselves by more than just maybe uh, 10 or 11 points so I'm taking the points with uh, well I've already taken the points uh, with Jacksonville State and uh, uh, if the line happens to go back up which it might because again Auburn is a public team uh, I may add to my position. The old redheaded stepchild play, Andy on Jacksonville State against big brethren Auburn, each residing in the state of Alabama. I love plays like that. We do a lot of that in football as well. When we find those players and those teams that weren't recruited by the big boys, and they come with a big chip on their shoulder, as I mentioned here. So we'll put Jacksonville State down for Andy for his complimentary play on the show this week. Andy, a great job on the show, and I'm going to look forward to visiting with you next week for our Sweet 16 edition. In the meantime, I'm going to wish you the very best of luck this weekend and enjoy the games. And I'll be interested to see how many of the 16 teams seated one through four will make it through to the second weekend. I wouldn't be surprised if it's only 10 or 11.
That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. I'm going to put the final wraps on this show with our awesome angle of the week on this show. I've got a beauty, our awesome angle. You don't want to miss this. Get your pencil out because this is a beauty. Before I get to it, just a quick note here, guys, that our friends at MyBookie.ag, they have two big offers for our listeners out there. You can get up to... $10,000 of a welcome bonus at mybookie.ag. Just log on at mybookie.ag to find out how you could qualify for your up to $10,000 welcome bonus. Also going on at mybookie.ag is their My Bracket Contest, where you can turn 10 little dollars into a Bitcoin. And last I looked, Bitcoins are up to $40,000 right now as we're talking here. So turn a $10 investment into a Bitcoin. Check it out all at mybookie.ag and use the promo code PLAYBOOK. Before I get to that awesome angle here, just a quick note that our Mark Lawrence extravaganza, March Madness extravaganza, tips off for the opening round games. It's just $199. It takes you all the way through the NCAA championship game or you can join me for the first two rounds of the tournament this weekend for only $99. Check out both offers inside the tournament guide or online at playbooksports.com. That will prove to be the best move you'll make in this tournament. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best. His awesome, awesome angle of the week. Now with that, let's get over to our awesome angle of the week on the show this week. We call it Twice is Enough. And what we're looking to do is to play on any NCAA basketball tournament team that's coming off consecutive straight-up favorite losses if they scored fewer than 72 points in that last loss. So they closed out the season on a bummer note, losing two games straight up as favorites. They didn't hit the 72-point barrier in that last loss. These teams open up really well in the NCAA tournament. Since 1990, there have been 20 teams that have qualified. 16 of them have won and covered the spread in these twice-is-enough situations. Those two teams on the card this week will be both from the Big Ten, the Ohio State Buckeyes, and the Wisconsin Badgers for our awesome angle of the week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports. Our good friend Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas with his special Vegas Vibe segment. Until next week when we're back with our Sweet 16 edition, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.